hey, let's get into it. Let's let's do it. Let's make right. it happen. Let's, let's, you guys have a best and worst? Nope, but just let's go. Okay, let's, let's do it. All right, welcome to Sanity Check, a podcast devoted to staying informed and sane in the time of Trump. I'm Ben, and I'm joined tonight by Mike and Andrew. Hey. We are recording on the evening of Thursday, July 18th, 2017. Today is day 182 of the resistance, which also happens to be exactly six months for those keeping track at home. If you enjoy what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes at the Google Play Store or at our website, sanitycheckpod.com. All right, we'll get into our best and worst news of the week. I guess I'll go first. Um, For my best, I've enjoyed the unusual occurrence of Mitch McConnell getting kind of sniped at by members of his own conference because that happens so rarely and him just like watching him fail and kind of squirm a little bit and and seeing some disunity among the republicans has been enjoyable to me republicans um, my, in disarray yeah um quote quoted by chris Eliza. um worst for me um is going to be that the white house has not had an on-camera press briefing for like three weeks now um which is batshit crazy um no we did in lieu of that have a batshit crazy interview with donald trump by the new york times which we can get into later um but you know i I think that in a functioning democracy you should have on camera press We, we did finally have today for the first time uh someone violated the don't stream audio or video of the press conference if it's not on camera live edict a reporter streamed live audio so i was pleased about that anyway that's my worst i'm still holding out for question time someday someday it'll happen I only have a best, which is that Chris Saliza didn't ask me anything yeah. appearance on Reddit, <laughs> and it was um, it went exactly the way anyone who knew anything about Reddit and Chris Saliza <laughs> would expect it to go. Well, you know, I didn't. I actually didn't think it was that Reddity. I mean, yeah, like there, it was some. Well, they were deleting degree, a lot of questions, but like that, I, I think most of it was just people like correctly telling Chris Eliza that he is a giant hack asshole. Yeah, and then him good-naturedly responding by being like, hey, we, everyone's on their own journey, man. Like, I'm just yeah. calling it like I see it. So, like, But it, it didn't really get out of hand. In he a might be the most way. overpaid political hack. I, I think my the best response to the whole thing that I saw was when someone wrote like a little article about it and said that his humble brag on his Twitter about uh, where he has Trump calling him among the stupidest and most worthless political pundits um, is true, even though Chris Eliza doesn't realize it. And it's like one of the only truthful. Even a stop clock is right twice a day. No, really. (laughs) That's pretty. Much so that's it. all. I don't. I mean, we're, I guess for my worst, I'll I'll just say like everything. Is that something? <laughs> Not really. Next, I'm gonna continue my fine tradition of stretching the bounds of what we consider to be news, um, with a with a joint best and worst. Um, so the backstory is that um, I fell into a wiki hole this week uh, looking up Bitcoin and how it works, and I thought it was kind of neat. 
Um, and in the course of this, I discovered that uh, just yesterday or the day before, um, noted crazy person John McAfee um, made a, a prediction that even though the Bitcoin is at $1,800, he thinks within three years a Bitcoin will be worth over half a million. And he's willing to bet on it, he says on Twitter. Uh, if not, I will eat my dick on national television. Wait, I, I, I'm I'm sorry. On a scale of one to ten, how much is it going to irritate you when I edit that all out? Oh come on, <laughs> you can do it. No, I mean I don't have to, but it's, um. So was it a best or a worst? Which part it's of both. that? Uh, okay. Okay, let's get right into um into things. I think probably the the top uh, story of the week was the um. Was the, the failure of uh, not once but twice of the? I'm not BCRA. sure I consider it to have failed finally yet. I said failure. I didn't say like ultimate failure. Well, the, it's like the BCRA has had like it's like the top six or seven news stories of the week because right. yeah. you know well, it fails. It comes back in a different yeah. form. The CBO score comes in. It fails again. Everyone's shitty talking Mitch McConnell, but then Rand Paul is going to vote for cloture on the, you know, it's, right. it's, everything's going nuts. Now, but it, it is interesting because we had, I think, was it towards the end of last week's episode where we, we went around and kind of, we gave our little prediction? Yes, I believe my prediction was it's going to pass, but it's not going to matter because we're all going to die. Right. And, and Andrew also thought it was going to pass, Right. Andrew? Probably. I don't remember. Yeah. I um, still think it's going to pass. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to stay with what I stayed last, went with last week, which was that it's not. Um, and I mean, that, that's, that's certainly what happened this week. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was, uh, it was interesting. It, it goes back a little bit to my best, um, that it's very unusual for us to see, a fractured Republican conference, and we saw it more of it this week than we have in a very long time. Well, it shows they do a lot worse when they don't have an enemy to cohere against. Well, we didn't even see something like this during the um, W administration. Um, I mean, it, it just in the sense that they have the presidency, the Senate, and the House. You know, as I mentioned, we're at today is the six month mark of the Trump administration, uh, as sickening as that is. And um, I'm getting there. And they they have not passed the Republican Party. That is a single like really substantive piece of legislation. Don't we count Neil Gorsuch as a piece of legislation? No, that was an appointment. But surely we can consider him a a law. <laughs> I'm sure Trump does. Well, you Trump might, but uh, other I think everyone else on the planet doesn't. I wonder if you ask Trump if he could name the Supreme Court justice that he appointed, if he could name him like to, now, like if we could just call him right now. I bet he could. Ah, uh, I would say seventy percent yes. That's pretty high. That's <laughs> pretty well, high. It's his only. <laughs> yeah. It's his only achievement. Not according to him. Not He's according been to in him. He's got a... trucks. But he can't name any of the other achievements because they don't exist. 
That has never stopped him before, man. Every time, have you noticed that every time he pretends to drive a truck, things don't go that well for the Republicans? Well, maybe maybe (laughs) for a day or two, and then they pass the bill if it's like it was last time. So anyway, talking about the the Health Care Act, yes, I agree with you that it's unusual for Mitch McConnell to suffer a setback like this and for his members of his own party to be out there saying that he was duplicitous to them and they didn't like it. Right, so okay, so let's back up and just go over this a little bit in a little more detail. So Republicans for, hate poor people. Oh, not so right. much backing up. So first we had the BCRA in whatever form it exists, since it's a, a little bit hard to say, since it has not been a very public uh, situation, right? Um, Better Care had, Reconciliation Act. And we had four Republican senators who publicly announced that they would not vote for the MTP, right? And if we had done a pool of which senators we thought would turn against it, I definitely wouldn't have gotten that right. No. I would have gotten two of them. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's pretty safe to say at this point that Susan Collins is not going to support whatever. No, but they don't need her. I think Moran and Lee were functioning. They were going out because a lot of other people needed to not vote for They were like a relief valve. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it was probably a lot more than four senators who really did not want to vote for it. Um, Which, because it's a disastrously unpopular nightmare of a bill. No, but I think Susan Collins is still worth talking about, though, because she's really stopped soft-pedaling it. I mean, it, like, I saw her on... There's no on percentage the, for her. Maine on some of the Sunday bill. shows, she sounded like a Democrat. I mean, she was saying that it's a complete disaster. I'm sure we could find people. her a nice committee chairman if she, if she was wanting oh, to I know. Well, she explore should. some options. She should. Um, all right, so that, that failed, and then immediately um, Trump <laughs> tweeted out, you know, oh, now we should just repeal. I know, and then, and then Mitch McConnell right. got all pissy and was like, fine, then I guess I'll make you all vote on just to repeal. And that, that lasted for about three or four hours. Well, then all the it? women were like, no. Yeah. Um, although, as you say, now Rand Paul is... Yeah, I mean, Rand, Rand Paul is like, you know what, I could be faithful. brought around. So, I mean, yeah, clearly McConnell is still trying to strategize. I think he wants to bring it to a vote. He never gives so, up. So that he can start putting amendments on. And Although, I mean, the Democrats sort of want it to get to that stage, too, because then they can put amendments on. And well, until they change the rules and turn them, try to turn the Republicans into monsters. Remember, the Republicans aren't trying to run the Senate in good faith. They're just trying to do the minimal, s- symbolic pieces necessary to get people to obey whatever they decide they pass into law. C- can we all agree that the odds of them passing this are lower now than they were a week or two ago? No. I mean, I can't. You don't. I think, think so? it depends on what we mean by this, and like how yeah, how far a af- point too, how far a field we're willing bills. to go. Yeah, I, well, it's it, it'll it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, it, already McConnell has made hundreds of billions of dollars in changes to the original version of the BCRA, which I'm sure was always part of his plan. I'm sure it was, but it, it, the most amazing thing about it is that it has not had any net effect on the number of people who would be covered by medical insurance. 
In other words, he's, he, he has found a way to spend hundreds of billions of dollars to just try to bribe his colleagues rather than to improve health care for Americans in any way. Um, and it, but I'm not sure that is that it's really working for him because it, it seems like the the single biggest obstacle that the Republicans have found to passing health care reform, such that you want to call it that, um, are the CBO scores and the bottom line number of how many people are going to lose insurance because of uh, what they're trying to do. And he has not addressed that problem at all. Sure he has. He's offered that people can just die quickly. (laughs) Not explicitly, but you can read between the lines. We talked a long time ago about how healthcare for people is different from a lot of other legislative items because it's very people who are sick and who rely on health insurance to get medical care. That's a very high priority for them, and they'll call people and they'll go to well, protest. Right. I feel like you're arguing my point. No, I am arguing. I agree yeah. with you. Right. So, like, if 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 you make changes to the bill and the CBO says that it's still gonna but you're, I guess, 20, uh, to the point, to the extent, people. I'm not really disagreeing with you, but I don't, I think you're talking about a problem that isn't the problem Mitch McConnell's trying to solve. He's trying to find the minimal bill that can pass the Senate. He doesn't care about helping anybody. He doesn't care if it's cost oh, more. Oh, no, but I, I certainly agree with that. I'm saying that in reality, it may be that the only way to pass the Senate would be to make the bill less horrible. Certainly, in in normal, if we weren't living in bizarro world, that would make a lot of sense. Well, but I think it, it is what has kept it from passing. So, what what other reason could there be for it not having passed so far? They can they they no, have control the of every every part of the government. If they want to pass something, they they don't need a single democratic vote, right? No. So, right. I think no. I think you're right. But I think the thing that scares me is they've they've sort of practiced this new maneuver in the house where like they say oh i guess we failed and everybody relaxes yeah. right and then they suddenly like get it like get it going again i think it's very hard for republicans to vote against republican legislation it's it's like i think it's an uncomfortable position that takes oh, effort is. to maintain not so much for susan collins but like for everyone else and so um, they, with this moment yeah. of relaxation, I feel like everyone, it, it sort of has this effect of softening the the strength of standing against it, even for the Republicans. It's very hard to be a Republican and vote against a Republican bill for them. Now, of course, we're, <laughs> there's a little bit of an elephant in the room at the moment with, um, with John McCain um, and his <laughs> literal availability to vote. Um, I mean, I, he, he probably will come back to Washington at some point. Um, I don't, he, for how long? I don't know. He's fallen ill, and he's going to be ill for the next little while. Well, it really depends on how he and his doctors choose to what sort of treatment plan they devise. Um, I mean, if they decide to be very aggressive with chemotherapy and radiation. Um, He's going to not be feeling very well. Um, and, uh, you know, even though the our radiation therapies have gotten better, um, 
you still targeted brain radiation can have a pretty significant cognitive effect. And, and I think it's still true that the longer they have to consider the bill, the worse that is for them. Like, they would like to mm-hmm. get... So what you're talking about is a problem for Mitch McConnell. He has several problems. That's one of them. The fact that the bill is terrible is another big one. But having all of that being said, it sounds like Rand Paul is willing to let him vote on bringing it to the... Once it gets to the floor, I get very concerned. Right. I agree that that is... That is... Um, you could imagine Rand Paul voting to bring it to the floor and then voting against it, but like I wouldn't want to bet 30 million people's health care on it. No. Nope. We so I guess what I'm saying uh, is it, I hope that McCain stays comfortably not able to come into work for a while. <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty safe assumption, at least for a couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting because that, that'll bring us up against when the August recess was supposed to start. And then you get into questions of is, you know, the, McConnell had announced that they were going to stay for the first two weeks of the August recess. Um, is that still the plan um, with, with his, with how things have gone over the last week? Um, I have no idea. Is that still the plan of McCain's unable to come back to DC? Um like, I don't think it would be very popular um, among his <laughs> colleagues. McConnell clearly doesn't care what's popular. He wouldn't no. be trying to get people to vote for this shit milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> um, though it seems that it's had a, it, it has had an effect. I mean, like, you know, uh, Ron Johnson is clearly not happy with him, right? No, he's he's got members of his caucus. I just don't think he's going to be threatened with, like, a leadership challenge. No. But people are unhappy with him. Well, people don't having like said being all that, though. To. I think they, I think yeah. they, there is a strong. I don't know if it's like an instinct or like a structural impulse to find something that they can pass. You know, I think it. They don't like sitting there with some with like a failure hanging around their necks. Right. No, I agree with that, and I, and I think that what you said about um, when they're sort of the the failure and then a relaxation that that clearly happened with the house bill i think in terms of the left um uh, we are aware of that and so yeah. there's like there's there's like a very concerted effort not to let up pressure mm-hmm. now um there's another option of what could happen of course that we haven't talked about which is which is they could actually ask the democrats what it would take to get some democrats I don't think that would happen. Well, there, are the, oh, they, it's they funny. there is an answer to that question. It's a lot, yeah. but they, like they, you know, they they definitely could. Um, I I think I think it's also a lot more than it would have been if they had started the process that way. Yes. Um, yeah. But passing bipartisan legislation is like a humongous win. So, like, I think I don't know. I've been thinking about this. The calculus for McConnell now is. It's, he's having a lot of trouble getting a partisan bill passed, and yes. so it. It. I wonder if he. He must start at least thinking like it's a bigger prize if you can pass it with both kinds of votes. Yeah, um, and you know, Democrats. I mean, I mean, the Democrats have been surprisingly like standing in uh, solidarity. Yeah, they've been great. Schumer's been doing a good job, but like. 
This Democrats no have this critical weakness where we don't want millions of people to die for no reason. I, Do you... I, I don't think that the Democrats would get involved unless it was a situation where it was it, it would actually improve. Yeah, but I, I think if McConnell said to Schumer, what would it take? I think Schumer will answer that question. I think there's an answer to that question, and Schumer will tell him what it is. I don't know what it is because I'm not in the policy discussions. How far, I, I how far to so... the left do you think that McConnell would be willing right, to I was go? Say, like, I, well, I think it would depend like on so... to the Republicans. It would not matter. If he really yeah, can't like... pass it with just Republican votes, then you're asking how much is it worth to him to turn a bruising, long failure into a big success. I don't know how much it is. I don't sort know if it's, of, but it's a six, Yeah, but it's a success with Democrats, which for the longest time has been the absolute, like, unacceptable thing. Well, no. I, I think it's important to be... The unacceptable thing is for Republicans to help Democrats. Republicans will accept Democrats helping them. Yeah. Right, well, so that's, so that's like... Like the bill Democrats. can't tip into the Democrats. That's court, a Democrats, I guess. Not Democrat, not Connecticut for Lieberman well, party and, members. Andrew's talking about from like a policy perspective. So it's no, like, I know, right, but like, I mean, Republicans don't care about policy mainly. They it has to like, be. So, I well, I think they, they clearly do offer. care about policy, but they're that's why McConnell's been willing to go so far on the money. And no, but zero I'm saying you, you talked the, about how they've they've introduced like five completely different bills. They they're attached oh, to right. passing something. But they don't have really deeply deep ideological commitments to one particular way of doing this. As long as it's not what the Democrats wanted. No, I don't. I think it's mainly. I don't don't think they even care about that. They're trying to please their donors and hold on to their ideological commitments as much as possible. Whatever is convenient for them in the moment. I'm. I'm. Would be happy to be proven wrong on this. I. I wouldn't because I really don't want them to have a bipartisan success like that. Well, I just I, I think it's extremely unlikely. I think Schumer's opening offer would basically be to keep the ACA exactly as it is and uh, and then improve it. Well, you're totally right that McConnell would have a much stronger bargaining position if he hadn't already demonstrated that he can't that there's like no other right. Because if he started out bipartisan negotiation, he could always say, you know, look, I can always just go to re- reconciliation. You guys better deal with me. But now he doesn't. He can't say that. He has, he has no leverage with Democrats. I mean, like, also with 60 votes, they could actually do real stuff. That's another right. And Schumer would be very if if Mitch McConnell wants to get into a public option. I'm sure Chuck Schumer would be happy to send him some votes. The 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 scenario I imagine would be something very like states rightsy, where it would it would give you know what I'm saying? Like you could imagine tweaks to Obamacare such that states that were inclined to do public options could, ha, you know, could buy into a federal public option together, but states that weren't could not or something. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of yeah. That's the uh, way yeah. I imagine it would break down. If I they just did, I, I don't think that would be acceptable to Republicans. That's and that's where I'm coming from. Once you get Democrats, you'd no longer need all the Republicans. I mean, look, I'm not sure I think this is going to happen, but I think it's more likely that they get into this kind of a thing. It it doesn't. The reason I still think they're going to pass something is because the if you add together the chance that they'll get enough of their people to allow them to have 50 votes, and the possibility that they could try making deals with some Democrats. I think that's the one of those two is more likely than them doing nothing. McConnell only needs to bring two friends to the party if he can get all the Democrats. He's never getting all the Democrats. <laughs> but you could imagine like 
Medicaid expansion states are represented by a mixture of Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. You know, there are underlying yeah. political dynamics. Yeah. And I do remember, I read an article that reminded me that Republicans have accepted Democratic assistance before, like all the debt ceiling bills. Oh, of course. They would pass with, like, all Democratic votes, because the Democrats are like, no, we don't want to destroy the United States for no reason, you jerks. But they've never done anything, the Republicans, that is, like the um, incredibly sinister, um, completely non-public... No, nobody's uh, ever done anything like this. Stuff like they've been pulling recently. I like, it, yeah. I I think at this point it would take such a capitulation on the part of McConnell to the Democrats that. It, well, the I just thing don't I keep coming back to though is that worse than just complete failure? Maybe it is. I don't know though because I mean, in terms of what we should want. Well, here's the situation we're Depends in right now. That's what Koch and Mercer say. McConnell has been working on this bill for a while for like months at this point yes and not and it's got nothing it didn't even go to a vote it's like right. a total failure it's, and it's not a law and that's bad that makes him look really bad and stupid yes. and it makes them all look bad and stupid it's bad for trump so that's what they're doing right now so they don't like working with democrats but it strikes me as not impossible that they could come up with some compromise such that it would be better than total like embarrassing failure on every level for the republican party yeah how afraid are they of trump at this point not very yeah i would agree with that i don't i wouldn't imagine they're very afraid of him he he also is totally inconsistent about i i I think the healthcare process has also been almost entirely independent of him well, he yeah. <laughs> did. We no, I know we're going to segue that... to this later, but he, in that interview with the New York Times, he demonstrated <laughs> yeah. com- comprehensively that he doesn't understand one single thing about how health insurance. No, no, works. no. He said he said it. He said, uh, "I know a lot about healthcare." Oh, that's a good point. I take it back. Yeah, but he, he's a question about occasions that he's a really smart guy. <laughs> but who knew it could be so complicated? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, I, I, yeah, I, I, I completely take your point, um, and I'm just uh, more and more in the era of Trump. I think about how like all these things that we assumed would never happen. It actually turns out that like if you get into a bad enough situation, things that we that were like conventional wisdom would say were impossible suddenly become potentially good options. I, I guess, I w- what I would say is listening to you for the last however many months that we've been discussing the Republicans trying to destroy our healthcare system, um, your concern has shifted now to a certain degree um, from they're just going to do whatever they want and ram it through. I know, I used to think that, but then it turned out they were really bad at it. And to now, now you have concern about them capitulating to some degree and uh, deciding that it, they're better off trying to pass something bipartisan rather than look like complete fools. Um, yeah, when you put it like that, it does sound like we've made progress in a good direction. Right. That, that's what I'm saying, I, I guess. 
I've been pleasantly surprised by how bad they have been at using the unified power of government to do anything. Because normally, when you control all the parts of the government... You can do whatever you want. You should be able yeah. to... And you should be able to, at least for two years, you should be able to do basically whatever you want. I mean, they don't have 60 votes in the Senate, so they can't do, like, anything that they want. But they can do... They, should, they ought to be able to do more than... Well, they haven't done anything, so they ought to be well, able to do Well, but I mean, it, it's like... But they can't even... They're not even trying to do the sort of stuff that you would need 60 votes for, because they don't have it, well, obviously. They, yeah, they... Right. So, the stuff that they're trying to achieve should be even simpler for them to achieve. Well, it's, it's funny. We're saying that, like, from a... From the point of view of how our political system works, but when we consider the actual modern Republican Party, it mainly exists as a vehicle for people to express their hatred of Barack Obama. Right. And now he's not the president anymore, and it turns out it's really not very good at anything except obstructing Barack Obama right. and expressing hatred right. of him. But I'm that saying, is if you, totally if you, untrue. If you it compare... is equally as much about obstructing Hillary Clinton. That's not yeah, true. they do still keep talking about they, her, and I'm like, guys, she's not well, around. No, no, they don't. Just Trump does. Well, Trump they, misses. I, sometimes it seems like does. Trump is mad at her that he didn't that she didn't win the election. Yeah. But the, the like, I don't like, think the whole party won. is supposed a, to win. That's I don't think Howard the whole party Stern is obsessed with her nearly the way that they were with President Obama. They had eight yeah. years of Obama, and Mitch McConnell forged his caucus into like a weapon specifically to right. defy Barack Obama I'm at every saying, if turn. You, if you compare their first six months to ba- any part of President Obama's first two years when he held an even better hand than they do now, he had sixty votes. Um, you know, he uh, he achieved not everything he wanted, but a lot of it. Yes, he got a lot done, right? And as I said, they have not passed a single substantive piece of legislation. No, I agree, it's, but it's, I think... It's, it's kind of shocking. Well, but it's, it depends, right? Because it's shocking when you, in general, but specifically this republic... I mean, Paul Ryan said... He basically was like, we don't know how to be govern, do governing anymore. And I was like, yeah. dude, you're the leader of the House Republicans. Like, that's right. pathetic. Don't, right. Even well, though then, it's clearly true, don't say it. And then we ascribed... You know, we compared him to McConnell, and we were like, McConnell is a... McConnell is better at this game is, than well, Paul he, Ryan you know, is. He, he, obviously. But, like, we were like, he's a strategic genius in comparison to Paul Ryan. Well, the Senate's that, harder, though, because you can't gerrymander states. Right. Um, but now we're seeing that Mitch McConnell can't do what, whatever he wants, certainly. It is interesting, because there's a bunch of limitations they're operating under... That are self-imposed, too. Like, one of the other things that's really hampering why, them Why is, did they decide to go so hard after Medicaid? Well, exactly, right? They could have just passed a... There are so many things they could have done that wouldn't have been this difficult to pass. I don't know why they went after Medicaid so hard. Maybe they are they just got greedy? I guess. I mean, like... And then, I mean, if we discuss this from a sort of general policy perspective, one thing that I think has been interesting... And, I mean, there's a sort of sort of a political truism, I, I guess, that it's it's hard to take entitlements away. It's very hard. Um, but that that the the whole idea of repeal and replace, which is uh, it's like clean coal. It doesn't. It's not a thing. They just not, made it up. Well, it, it's not a thing, and they made it up. But it also it sort of. Um, 
it sort of posits that uh, you cannot go back to the pre-Obamacare era, right? That you have to, if you if you're going to repeal it, you have to replace it with something that will um, at least keep you at a level of entitlement. And that's an area where e- I think Trump actually to... boxed them in pretty hard on that with the way because he, he said talked it was during be better, the campaign. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Ted Cruz, if he were the candidate, might have been more careful to say things like, you know, it'll give you more freedom to do a, something that works right for your circumstances. Rather than more people will be covered. Right, and, right. And, and all these explicit promises. And... Where you, now. and so he's not bound by what he says, but to the extent that Republican voters liked what he was saying, now the senators actually have to pay attention to that. Right. I, I think so. It's just it's, it's interesting to me, not in, I don't want to get into too much of it's interesting because it, uh, this is something that really impacts people's lives in a very material way. Um, but I, I, I think that we have, we're seeing that we've arrived at a, at a state where um, people are just not okay with the idea of any quote-unquote solution that is going to reduce the number of people who have health insurance coverage. I'm not sure I'm that optimistic about it. It yeah. definitely seems like people aren't excited about like twenty million. Yeah, I mean, would, if there was some way to guarantee be a lot better it if wasn't it was going like to hurt three white million. people, I think the Republicans would be a lot more excited about it. Yeah. Um, except that the in reality, the, the white people would be in some ways the most deeply affected. Well, right? that's their big problem, right? Yeah. You get all these people on Medicaid, and then they vote for you, and then it makes it really difficult. For you to say, well, now you don't need Medicaid anymore. Well, they should keep their promised. dirty government hands off the Medicaid. It's a, it's a big, big retrospective win politically, not counting the actual uh, improvement to people's lives that Obamacare has provided. But it's a big, big win, though, that the, the shift in thinking, I think, that um, millions of people in the country have about the government's role in um, guaranteeing insurance coverage. I think it has, I think it has shifted. Um, I think it has shifted that, that dialogue. I kind of agree. I don't know. I wouldn't get too comfortable. Oh, I'm not comfortable <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean, I do think we we're in a situation where people have, learned to agree that it would be good for everybody to have health insurance. but And you couldn't say that eight years ago. Well, people would say it, but it was sort of wistful. You know, you'd be like, oh, it would be nice, but that's not the world we live in. And now we kind of, and we still, I mean, there's still people today who don't have insurance. There's still a lot of work thanks to do. Thanks, Joe Lieberman. Yeah, thanks, Joe Lieberman. God, Joe Lieberman. I mean, I guess I, I agree with you that right now that on the, front of what people think government ought to guarantee and trump actually totally participated in this too he was like we're gonna make sure everyone has fantastic health care and i I was like i'm sure the republican comms people are like please stop saying that (laughs) i I just think we've seen with that and then even more so with something like um, same-sex marriage that attitudes on major issues can shift a lot more quickly than we may have previously thought 
social stuff like that. There's a lot of history for, you know, it's like a, you, you do the gay marriage thing and then a couple of gay people get married and everyone's like, oh, all right, you know, this isn't a big deal. It's fine. The sun didn't fall out of the sky. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm, we sort of have taken it as an article of faith that things can't go in the other direction. You referred to this, where it's like once you give someone a benefit, you can't take it away from them. Which has been true for a while, but I'm not sure. We may, I, I suspect, sometime soon we'll find out. Even if they can't do this, they're gonna, they're not gonna stop. The Republicans no. will never stop trying to hurt poor people. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible to take away entitlements, but I think it, it is hard. Well, that's like one of the big fears I have is, say McConnell fails to pass anything, nothing passes. Mm-hmm. There's still plenty that the executive can do to destroy Obamacare in terms of implementing it. Right, and Trump has specifically said that he is in favor of doing that. His um, preferred outcome is that it crashes and burns. You know, he considers it to be failed and dead, even though it's currently operating. Now, I, I mean, uh, just to play devil's advocate, um, like Lamar Alexander ha- has already suggested... Um, starting uh like hearings and debate on on ways to shore up the exchanges accepting the idea that the BCRA is not going to go through so it, it would if if it if it did not if it failed completely would enough republicans then say it would be bad to sabotage the ACA and instead, we should um, make sure that it stays solvent. They probably wouldn't put it like that. No, that, that's not how they would put it. But in in their own private thoughts, I have no idea. I think I feel like ever since Trump got elected, my ability to forecast what I think is going to happen, my horizon's about a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I feel like right now the bill looks like it's having a rough time. I still think it's more likely than not that they'll figure out a way to do something. But then if they don't, Trump has made it extremely clear that he wants to destroy Obamacare. And it has Obama's name on it. Federal programs that the president hates and wants not to work don't work that well. So, I mean, sure, well, like true. in a year they... and a half, like, yeah, anything the, could happen. But the way that the ACA is set up, um, the exchanges exist in part at the federal level and in part at the state level and in differing proportions in different states. But you know right? what I'm, I mean? You're, yeah. Yes, there's there's a robustness, but if I could choose to have a president who wanted to faithfully execute the laws or one who wanted to execute the laws in such a way as to take revenge on his predecessor, I would choose the first kind. Yes, this one I wants would, to totally uh, agree with that. faithfully execute the attorney general. Yes, yeah, so so let, let, let's get into all of that. Um, first, we have time to get into all of it. No, no not all. <laughs> yeah. of it, but let's, let's just first mention um, a, a couple things that we learned in the ongoing uh, saga that is the Trump presidency and family about the Napoleon uh, extracurricular activities. Well, there, we'll get to that. <laughs> but so first, we found out that Trump and Putin had a second get together at at the G twenty. It was just for funsies. They only talked about adoption. <laughs> Right, because um, <laughs> as that, you do that, for what, funsies, didn't even well, have a translator. It was like nothing happened. Isn't wasn't that Trump Jr.'s first excuse too, talking about adoption? Yeah, they're too dumb to realize that when they say talking about adoption, it just means they're talking about sanctions. Yeah, 
Um, and uh, there was a report yesterday that uh, from Bloomberg that that the special counsel uh, Robert Mueller is like hardcore investigating the Trump organization and the Trump family's financial dealings. Well, I mean, how could you not? Shocking. No, I mean, we all expected that. Um, uh, but that he's he's going to Deutsche Bank, which has been the the larger largest supplier of um, of uh, of loans to the Trump organization over the last number of years. Don't and... you picture Mueller and his other like team looking over the information, and just laughing their heads off at how like overtly fraudulent everything was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, I, I saw an inter- read an interesting article um, this past week about parallels between this investigation and the last big investigation that Mueller ran when he was run- running the FBI, which was the um, extremely long but then ultimately successful Enron uh, mm-hmm. investigation, and that there are, are like a, a fair number of parallels in the with the financial stuff. And the money laundering and the fraud and and all of that and that like that Mueller learned a lot during the Enron investigation about how to investigate and prosecute um, those types of crimes and that that's not a good thing for people who are named Trump or are married to people named Trump. I suspect we're about to find out how much Trump can fire Robert Mueller. Yeah, so that gets into this interview that we've mentioned that Trump did with the uh, Times yesterday. The failing New York Times. The failing. Yeah, he, please, yeah, their yeah. full title. He he <laughs> he does love to invite them into the Oval Office like once every couple of months. No, the the media hatred is all for show. He yeah. actually loves the media and wants them to give him coverage. And it was like a total free for all interview. It's hilarious. I. I Looked at excerpts. I haven't read the whole thing. It was like a Beckett play, but if Beckett was like really high on meth. <laughs> to get back to what you were saying earlier, Andrew, I like it, they like he had just come from a lunch with the Republican senators to where they could scream at each other about the healthcare stuff, and um, so the the Times reporters sit down and they're like, "How was lunch?" And he was like, "Hillary Clinton." He's like, "Hillary Clinton's such a fucking bitch. You won't even believe yeah. it." And he went on about it for about five minutes. As he does. He misses her. He's much better with an enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some of my favorite parts of the interview, I think my overall favorite part was when he wouldn't stop talking about how much Emmanuel Macron likes to hold his hand. Well. And he keeps being like, which is fine, but he loves to hold my hand. And it's not a problem, but he holds my hand a lot. (laughs) Like, uh, he, that, that I, I really enjoyed, um, uh, I, I enjoyed his narration of um, Napoleonic and World War II history. It was incredible. I mean, it, it it sort of seemed like the whole interview was him spouting things that he half heard other people say about things that he does not understand. I'm trying to that find sounds, it. That sounds like a thing we see him do all the time. Yeah, but this was a long interview. <laughs> I mean, it covered a lot of different on on. topics. I mean, it, it's just like, 
you know, they, they asked him about whether or not he knew about the meeting that Trump Jr. had with Russians, and he gave a contradictory answer where he started being like, yeah, like, I knew about it, but then, yeah, I knew nothing. I mean, it's like... It, it's it, it, it's all it's very confusing to me. Um, trying to understand the processes of his mind, and he he accused you can't understand them. There's not. <laughs> I I also enjoyed when he accused James Comey of briefing him about that dossier, not because it was his job to do it, but as a that that Comey was attempting to blackmail him. Well, that's all that Trump knows. That's why he right. would have told him about it. Right, right. But, I mean, it doesn't take a freaking genius to understand that that was Comey's job, right? It and, does take someone smarter than Trump. <laughs> someone uh, who of, could have possibly understood that it would be In terms of actual newsworthy stuff, we had the revelation that Trump now wishes he had not appointed Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General. You're not going to let me read the Napoleon one? Oh, please. I'll no, do it. Do please it. give it to us. Okay, I I just want to he's he's talking about his trip to Paris. Um Well, Napoleon finished a little bit bad, but I asked that. So I asked the president, "So what about Napoleon?" He said, "No, no, no. What he did was incredible. He designed Paris, the street grid, the way they work, you know, the spokes. He did so many things even beyond. And his one problem is he didn't go to Russia that night because he had extracurricular activities and they froze to death. How many times has Russia been saved by the weather? <laughs> so that was yeah. my favorite. I know there's a what bunch more What do you think his extracurricular stuff, activity was? I have no Napoleon. idea. I don't. E- I couldn't even begin to guess. Backgammon. I mean, I literally don't know what he's talking Getting about. Getting new lifts for his shoes? Apparently it's two different Napoleons. Oh, the one who action. designed Paris is a different one. Oh, is that... I'm, I, I mean, I'm not a great French historian. I guess I would need to ask Emmanuel Macron as well. Well, yeah, but, he'll, but look, look out because he'll try to hold your hand. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I, to get back to the other other bit, um, Trump said that he regrets appointing Jeff Sessions the Attorney General because Sessions recused himself from the Russia probe. Um, which, I mean, isn't that basically him straight up admitting that he, he feels that the, it's the attorney general's job to shield him from inquiry? You to say admitting attorney. like he doesn't understand. Like, in order for that to be an admission, Trump would have to understand that he's not supposed to let people know that he thinks that. But he <laughs> just assumes that that's what Jeff Sessions' job was. Like, I don't think he thinks it's at all weird. That he no he does oh I I definitely agree with that so yeah he's um he thinks of the attorney general as like his personal attorney whose job it is to keep him from getting in trouble well I think that was also made clear by his quote unquote understanding of the chain of command for the FBI director right which he was yeah. he doesn't understand what the difference like at the pleasure of the president versus working for the president right so he he. Exp- he um, Trump-splained to nice. the Times reporters, if you will, that the FBI director reports directly to the president. Um, that is not accurate. The, um, the FBI director reports to the Department of Justice and specifically to the deputy attorney general. Um, but, but you know that they all just work for the president. That's, they're like his guys. They're there to help him out and keep people and from so, realizing how fraudulent it all was. 
And then he th- he then said after explaining how horrible Comey was, Comey was trying to blackmail him. The acting director of the FBI is horrible because um, he got money from the Clintons, which by which he meant um, the guy's wife when she was running for office got a donation from the Clintons through Terry McAuliffe. So so he can't be trusted. Um, and Rod Rosenstein can't be trusted because he's from Baltimore. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I think it. It turns out Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein is not actually from Baltimore. No, he's not. But I he... do agree that you can't trust people from Baltimore. <laughs> Small hands. I watch the like cabbage. I know how it goes. Especially those uh, crabs. <laughs> uh, but he said we're going to have a really great FBI director now, referring to this Christopher Ray. I didn't hate Christopher Ray. Right. No, but I, I, one does wonder what how long he'll be in the job he, for, or if he didn't extract extract promises from him. We'll um, find out soon. Yeah. Hey, here's another fun one. Trump yeah. says, "Wait till you see what we're going to do on trade." And then Haberman says, "Sounds like it's going to be very interesting." And Trump says, "Much more interesting than anybody would understand." <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing I've what, ever seen in an interview, ever. What is this? He's going to trade the United States Constitution. Nobody under nobody know. You wouldn't understand, Andrew. You can't <laughs> get your head around it. It's going to be more interesting than you would understand. The other probably piece of news uh, was when he said that uh, Mueller would be ca- crossing a red line if he investigated the Trump family finances that quote-unquote didn't have to do with Russia. <laughs> Later that day, right? it uh, transpired. That Mueller <laughs> is doing exactly that. Um, <laughs> though, of course, it's all related to Russia. But and, uh, So, so th- this brings up a number of hypothetical situations. First, uh, do you think Jeff Sessions is going to resign? No. Um, okay. I don't know, Andrew, what do you think? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Me neither. The, the, he said he's not going to resign. The The only reason I ask is because it's still unclear to me what would happen to the special counsel Mueller investigation if we got a new attorney general. If, if they would report to that attorney general or if they would continue reporting to the to Rod Rosenstein, who signed the special counsel. This just gets back to how I don't feel like I can predict anything more than a week and a half out. I just don't well, know. Because the attorney general would have to thing. get confirmed, I, right? Yeah. That, that's a... Uh, there's probably... There must be a rule about that. Who I don't would he know. even appoint? Who's left? Are there any lawyers left who would take that job after watching Donald Trump publicly shame the, his like earliest supporter? And watching know, him probably, fire all, all of his legal team. I mean, imagine or being Jeff Sessions. You put, you take all your credibility from your whole career and just torch it to support Donald Trump for president early, like when people don't understand. And then Trump goes to the New York Times and just knifes you in the back. I don't know who would take this job. I don't. Yeah, I mean, who's maybe what's his lawyer's name? His like lawyer who who always rage emails random strangers. Uh, Mark. Uh... Whatever his name is, he might Whatever. take it, but I doubt he could get a, he could get appointed. Um, so then, next hypothetical is: Do you think he's going to try to fire Mueller? Yes, I, I think he's going to try to. 
Okay, I think so he's going to do it, it too. You know, my operating theory is what will Paul McConnell, Paul, Paul McConnell, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell tolerate? Let and the answer do, is yeah. anything. So yes, I think he'll fire him and I think everyone will freak out and then it'll just keep, we'll, we'll just act, we'll just keep going. I just, I guess I have no idea what would happen. Oh, I feel like I can foresee it pretty clearly. There'd be a lot of, people would have a lot of concerns. People would be very troubled. And then they would. No, I, I I understand that. I mean, literally, what would happen? Like, would would there would the investigation just go away? Would there be a, a new special counsel have to be appointed? I mean, like, oh, well, I couldn't I mean, just fire would, that one. I mean, I believe would, he would. Rod Rosenstein re- resign? Would the there are only other two other Senate confirmed uh, U.S. attorneys? working underneath Rod Rosenstein, would they resign? I mean... Uh, I don't know the answers to any of these questions, but I'm sure Trump doesn't care about any of this, so we're going to find out. I guess so. We've got, um... Apparently, Trump has decided, while while we've been recording, um... to name Anthony Scaramucci the new communications director. That's a mistake. That guy's not a comms guy. That's a um, hedge fund guy. The decision, hmm. quote, came as a surprise to Reince Priebus. No way. I, I assumed Reince Priebus was Trump's number one most trusted confidant and not a guy he hates. Yeah, it, it's pretty confusing. Andrew, would you take That's the job true. as attorney general? <laughs> Probably. If he offered it. I mean, if we're hiring Scaramucci for a communications position, isn't that Sean Spicer's job? No, Sean Spicer has been doing the job. Um, it was there was a guy named Mike Dubkey, oh, that's who was right. the communications director, and then he resigned under pressure from Trump. Scaramucci is going to be terrible at this. Yeah, I don't. Who could possibly be good at this? But someone with a comms background. Well, but the question is, are is there anyone with a comms background who's any good? Who would take the job? Oh, I was, if you didn't add that middle part, I was, it was going to be easy to say yes. Yeah. I feel I was like say that, Spicy uh, is about the best he could get to work right. for him. And, and I think that's very telling because if you look at the Republicans who are like were never Trumpers and continue to be never Trumpers and very anti-Trump, they were by and large they were um, Republican strategist type uh, com- communications people. Well, there's also right? a difference between like watching from the sidelines and hoping they can figure out a way to turn this mess into a big tax cut versus willfully going into the building to work around this deranged jerk every day. So, you know, even people who are on his side might not want to go take this job after seeing how he treats people. And it's also got to be significantly more difficult to get people to go to work in that administration now than it was six months ago. Yeah. And I doubt it was easy then. Right. right. Oh my so, lord! I mean, Breaking news. Uh, just another, and also just. I mean, I feel like we. I forget this, but it's another piece of evidence that Trump has no understanding or respect for like competence or profession. You know, the ability to actually do a good job doesn't matter to him at all. Mark Warner, the uh, ranking member among Democrats of the Senate Intelligence Committee, just put out a statement. Um, regarding reports that Trump 
is considering issuing pardons, preemptive pardons, to uh, individuals involved in the Russia probe. Well, I don't know what Mark Warner is going to say, because the pardoning power is extremely broad. Yeah, it is. I think the the only way I can think to get around that at all is that um, some of the financial crimes that Mueller might uncover might be under the purview of New York State. The pardoning power is pretty large. But just, can Trump pardon people for um, state crimes? Or only federal crimes? I don't know. I don't... Federal... I sort of think federal. I mean, part of the way the Constitution works is that federal stuff supersedes state stuff. Right. That's why I'm not sure what the answer is. I'm not sure what the answer is either. But I was worried about when he realized he could do this, what he would start doing. Google says that the pardon power of the president extends only to offenses recognizable under federal law. Oh, that's something. Governors of most yeah. of the 50 states have the power to grant pardons or repeat reprieves for offenses under state criminal law. Right, well, that's why you always hear about, like, the governor, at them like, for death penalty cases before the execution happens. Yeah, clemency. You know, there's the special right. phone to the governor's office, right? And that's why it was so interesting that Preet Bharara was getting uh, so close to... Uh, well, that's... Right, and this is why Trump I'm saying that the... the the only thing I can think of, of in terms of getting around um, the, the pardoning, is that a lot of these financial crimes probably happened before um, before there was even a Trump campaign, and all happened in New York State, and yeah. so some of them may be under the purview of the New York Attorney I'm General. I'm much more pessimistic. Yeah. I, like, I get that what you're saying is true. I just don't think any of it matters. The problem is that he's president, and he has the pardoning power so you know sure also, maybe we get him on some money fraud charges in like 10 years in new york but the problem is that he's president now it's true it's true and he totally can pardon anybody it's one of the interesting things is it's not a hundred percent clear that he can pardon himself. Yeah, he might be that one exception. Yeah, but he well, can pardon. It's unclear whether or not he can be charged. Also, with right, stuff. but he definitely can pardon any American that isn't himself. Yep, for federal crimes, and that's going to be a big help for all his friends who helped him become president. But then, yeah, for he himself, he might. I don't know that he can actually pardon himself. And uh, as you say, unclear. he can't be charged until you impeach him. Or until he's no longer president. Yes. But, I mean, if he... We're already in a problem that's so bad that, like... I don't know. In a way, I feel like the window is already closing for when we could recover this situation. I mean, I think if he serves a whole four-year term the way he's acting now, it's going to take, like, 80 or 100 years to undo all the damage. Actually, we never will be able to. Um, well, it will certainly always have an impact. So I don't, I don't find the prospect of getting him in New York in some New York State financial crimes. It's like, yay! It's not enough. It's too bad too because the president has all these really huge powers because he's the president. Pardoning and America one of them. was going pretty well, all things considered. It was. 
but n apparently not well enough. It's neoliberalism, Andrew. Actually, it is neoliberalism, but I'm not trying to start a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, let's not go down the neoliberalism. I just mean rabbit hole now. That we did abandon a bunch of people when we pivoted to the third way in the 90s. And those people are now the people who are voting for Trump. Yeah. And that it's, yep. you know, it would be, if we could have found some way to remain faithful to the old left union-based block while also expanding into new identity zones, that would have been great. But we didn't do that. No. We didn't. And now everybody's going to die. Yay. So what are you guys going to be looking at over the next week? I'm going to read through the Trump interview with some more to find some other great gems. Although I don't think I'm ever going to find one as good as... Not that any... Like, what? I forget what it was. It's so amazing, nobody would understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew? Healthcare is my real answer. Health, healthcare, yeah. Um, Andrew? Healthcare is the real answer. It's, I mean... The, the main stories, uh, what's going on with pardoning and what's going on with Mueller and what's going on with Sessions and what's going on with healthcare. It's like, it's the main stuff. Yeah, I, I, I mean, um, I think healthcare is always the answer until uh, Democrats control a chamber of Congress and or the presidency. Um, so, uh, Rather than have that answer in perpetuity, um, I think I'm going to be looking at at what Trump and his team are doing vis-a-vis Mueller um, over the, the the next week. I think the the public revelation that Mueller is deeply investigating the financial stuff is probably going to drive Trump completely nuts. I have another one too. Um, actually, I'm interested to find out whether this decision to stop arming Syrian rebels had anything to do with the Putin and Trump totally off-the-cuff conversation. But they were talking about adoption, Mike. I know. Yeah. But I'm interested to learn more, and that's sort of a developing story in my mind. You mean that might have been a quid? I don't know. I'm interested to learn more about why that decision happened. I'm not even, like, I don't even really necessarily support arming Syrian rebels. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. To, that that decision got made, and it, it seemed pretty out of nowhere, because we've been arming those folks for a while. It's another real thing I'll be looking at that isn't healthcare. Um, yeah, well, I think that's uh, that sounds quite reasonable. All right, well, so we'll we'll be looking at all these things, and Lord only knows what will have happened uh, by next week, right? Um, so. On that extremely optimistic like a note. Threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, thanks for listening to Sanity Check. Make sure to join us again next week for uh, the second six months of the Trump administration. And if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe at iTunes, the Google Play Store, or at sanitycheckpod.com. And in the meantime, keep resisting and persisting.